I got to tell you about the exploits of an old man. The, o- the other day, have y'all ever done this? I came out of the school. It was the school then, not the church. And, and I came out, and I was looking all over for my phone. Y'all ever done something like this? I, I looked, I mean, from my office to my desk to Jen's desk. You ever try to find anything on Jen's? I mean, uh, from the, I mean, I was looking everywhere. Every classroom I had been, I was out digging through my car. It was in my hand the whole time. <laughs> Guys, you got to laugh about that stuff. You know, that's, that, that's just part of life. That's like the other day, we had the grandchildren all weekend. So if I look tired, you understand. Because Elijah doesn't understand sleep. He can't spell sleep. He doesn't sleep. My man don't sleep, right? And I, a bee came near them. And I went to swat that thing to protect them. You notice what I'm doing when I swat it? I grabbed that sucker and he stung me good, man. I'm like, how dumb are you, man? You know? But, but that's all part of life. You know, we got to laugh. We got to live. We got we, we to gotta have fun, you know? And, and that's so very, very, very important. And I want you to start looking at your life. Can you laugh? Can you have fun? Can you be stupid? I mean, to me... Admitting I'm stupid is fine. You know, some people are there, oh, I can't let anybody, you know, a couple years ago, I turned the corner, I was mowing my lawn, and I slipped and fell right on my back. You ever do something like that? And the thing you end up doing is you're looking around going, I hope nobody saw that. You know, but you know, that's life. That's fun. You know, that's what it's all about. Man, we got to learn to enjoy. Man, when people see us, they need to see laughter. They don't need to see... You know, like I always say, grumpy is not a personality type. Amen? It's just not. We need to be people that just enjoy life and have fun. And, and, and let me apologize. Hopefully in the next couple of weeks, this air conditioner... I turned on the air conditioner later... Because last week when we came in here, it was 68 degrees. And all the women were like, yes, so cold. By the end of the service, they weren't saying that because that baby gave up the ghost. You know? But uh, it's ordered, and hopefully it'll be done in the next couple weeks. But I want you to, to understand something. Over the next year, I am going to teach you how to live the life that God created you to live. Okay? I am going, I all hold, no holds barred, enough of the excuses. I'm sorry, I am not a nice man. The first time you say well or but to me, I'm going to stop you. You know what I'm talking about. Well, but, we got too many buts. Huh? Right? You know? Guys, you were created awesome. You were created powerful. You were created to rule, man. It is important for us to get this. Like I said in in our nine o'clock time, we have had the heaven beaten out of us. You know, there's just too many people walking around kind of hopeless and helpless and kind of grumpy dumpy and and just, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? Nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. Shumbala, holla. Oh my goodness. 
Do you want my Jesus? My answer to that is no. You mean it's my responsibility? Yep. You mean I'm supposed to become that person? Uh, Yep. Isn't that for the super Christians? Okay. Right? Guys, you were perfectly created. Look on the back of your page. You were perfectly created. Look at the person next to you and say, I was perfectly created. Think about that. I was perfectly created. Too many people walk around all gloomy, doomy, grumpy, grouchy, negative, you know, oh my goodness, you know, everything's bad, everything's wrong. Stop! You were perfectly created. Oh, I wish I liked, looked like so, so-and-so. Not me. You know, growing up, you that are older, you know who Magnum P.I. is. Remember Magnum? Let me help you with something. Even Magnum P.I. don't look like Magnum P.I. no more. You know, it's just not real. You know, it's, you know, I could work out till my face falls off. I ain't going to look like Magnum P.I. You know, it just, it's just not going to happen. My body kind of shrunk and dipped and it's just not going to happen. But that's okay because at 60, I'm not supposed to look like Magnum P.I. I'm supposed to look like the hunk of burning love I'm looking like. You know what I'm saying? You know, and that's, you know, and that's okay. You say, well, Pastor, you're just being silly. You know, I think that's okay. I, I think that's okay. I, I, I'd rather be silly than sit around and look at myself in the mirror and think all kinds of negative thoughts all the time. Amen? You know, you know, I, God, God made me for awesome and powerful. You were perfectly created. Now, we'll get to the other part in a minute. Okay? You were perfectly gifted. And I'm not just talking about gifts of the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about you were perfectly gifted. To do in your world and in your life what you need to do and what you were created to do. I want you to get this. I, I, I want you to hear this. I know there are voices, and we've all got voices. You know, some of us a little louder than others, but we've all got voices. All right? That are telling us we weren't. We're not enough. We're not smart enough. We're not pretty enough. We're not successful enough, whatever that means. We're not rich enough. We're not, we're not everything you need, okay? Very, very important to understand. And he perfectly placed you. I hear people all the time, you know, I married the wrong woman. I married the wrong man. My wife's crazy. My husband's nuts. Okay. So what are you going to do with that? Sit around and be miserable? hate each other, destroy each other, you know. My kids are nuts. I felt like that at times. You know, I mean, you know, I just, there's no way that this world that God placed me in, with this job, 
with this craziness in this city, in this town, in this whatever. There's no way I'm perfectly placed. Let me help you with that. A perfect God created you perfectly, gifted you perfectly, placed you perfectly for you to cultivate your world. Don't like your world? Cultivate it. Change it. Amen? Amen. Don't like your garden? Dig that sucker up and plant a new one. Amen? Amen. Don't like your job? Either prepare to get a new one or get better at the one, make yourself indispensable, and get a raise. Amen? Don't like them jerk of neighbors of yours? Deal with it. Don't sit around and gripe about it, kids. What? Has griping ever done anybody any good? Does anybody have a testimony of how griping and being negative made me a better person and made my life better? So why do we keep doing it? Anybody? Bueller? You know, what, what, what's that all about? Genesis 2.15, it's up there, good. Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and care for it, and most versions say to cultivate it. Now I want you to think about it first. I want you to think, God made a perfect garden. Right? Put us in the middle of it and said, now you maintain it, you keep it, and you even make it better. How powerful are you? How creative are you? How how awesome are you that God knows that you can take a perfect garden and you can maintain and cultivate it? Well, then why would we think we can't cultivate the mess we got? You see, you got two choices. You can sit around and feel sorry for yourself and whine and gripe, Or you could decide, I'm going to make my world what God created me to make it. Amen? you got a choice. You know, and there are too many people who call themselves Christians who, who sit around and whine and gripe and whine and gripe. It's, it's my husband's fault. It's my wife's fault. It's my kid's fault. It's my job's fault. It's the preacher's fault. It's the church's fault. The only person they don't blame is whose fault it really is. You. You see, we, we've got this big thing in our country and even in our churches, and then we wonder why our churches and Christ isn't having an impact on our country. Because, kids, we're not becoming the people we, can be, we need to become. We need to step up in the power and the glory of God. And we're going to talk more about this, man. We really, really are. If Almighty God, Creator God, supposedly lives in us, then why are we who we are? You know? You know, I would have become a person that when people get around me, they're like, I want some of that. Don't you? Don't you? Don't you? You know, well, my husband's crazy or my wife's crazy. Well, Maybe if you'd uncrazy, maybe they'd want to follow you out of crazy. No, I'm serious. This is so important. It's time to quit blaming. 
It's time to quit whining. It's time to quit sitting there in fear and become that man or woman that God created you to be. And there's only one person. Jesus Christ already died on a cross. He lived and he showed us how to live. He died on a cross. He rose again on the third day. He sent his Holy Spirit. He's done everything necessary. The problem is us. The problem is not everybody else. You know, I, 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 the problem is us, guys. We're not willing to step up, step out of fear. We're still slaves to fear. We're still slaves to negativity. We're still slaves to all of our excuses. We're still slaves to our frustrations. And when we're like, gee, wonder why I'm a slave. Because you want to be a slave. That's your comfort zone. And you have the ability by God, by God's grace, to step up, step out, and become that person and do what God created you to do. And if you don't, don't you blame me. Don't you blame God. Don't you blame the church. Don't you blame anybody else but the person who says no thank you. Amen? The three verses I want you to focus on this week are on the back of your sheet. Number one, Genesis 2.15. Number two, Jeremiah 29, 11, says God's got a plan. He's got an awesome plan. It's always for your good. It's never for your destruction. Amen? I I just want to give you real quick the context of that plan. Okay? They were in Babylonian captivity at that time. And they were in Babylonian captivity at that time because they had chosen to sin. And God put them in Babylonian captivity. And he told them, listen, while you're there, instead of whining and griping and grumbling, why don't you do something positive? Why don't you plant some gardens? Why don't you marry? Why don't you become a a vital part of that town you're living in? And the bottom line is, in the meantime, I want you to understand, I got a plan. I'm going to get you out of this mess. It's probably not as soon as you want to be out of this mess, but I got a plan to get you out of this mess. Okay? Hey, kids, don't tell nobody I said that, but... God's got a plan. Ain't nobody talking now. You can frown on me all you want. God got a plan. It's an awesome plan. It's a plan you can accomplish if you decide to get out of the muck and the mire you're in. It's a plan that if you'll join into and collaborate with his cross, he can heal whatever happened in your life. And what he can't heal, he'll just get you over and you just move on. Amen? Is anybody with me? You know, this is so important. And the bottom line is, then he rose again and he defeated hell and death and the grave. And the bottom line is, now we can move on and we can be those people. Amen? And then the last thing is, I could promise you there are voices in your head right now telling you're an idiot. You're crazy. You're stuck. I like this one. You've tried before. Anybody ever tried before? You know? Anybody ever fail? You know? I want you to understand something. Quit listening to the unbiblical, ungodly voices in your head. You can do this. You could be that man. You could be that woman. You can do God's will. You could be that awesome person you want to be. If you step up. Amen? So very, very important.
The first thing on, on the front, uh, I want you to see, I'll, I'll hurry because I know it's hot. The first thing I want you to understand is you were created in the image of God. I mean, I really can't explain what all that means. That's just, that's just so awesome and powerful and eternal. And it, it just, you could kind of sit around and think of all the wonderful things that mean, and means, and you would be right. And, and look at yourself in the mirror and say, image of God. Amen? Image of God. In Genesis 1 and 2, it kind of explains it. It says, listen, you are powerful. You are mighty. You, you, are, you can do all of this. You see, you weren't created to be under anything. You were created to rule and subdue. Anything ruling and subduing your life? Any person ruling and subduing your life? There were times that my mind and my heart was ruling and subduing my life right down to the ground. Anybody? You know what I'm talking about? You know, there were things that I had allowed in my life that were just eating me alive. There were people that I allowed in my life, and they were just eating me alive. And the bottom line is, that's not their fault. That's my fault. I was created to rule and subdue. You were created to rule and subdue. Quit listening to all this weak talk. Quit listening to all you're not able talk. Quit listening to that foolishness. That is a voice, but it ain't God's voice. It's a spirit, but it's not God's spirit. You need to hear this. Very important. You were created to be fruitful and multiply. In other words, you were created to be juicy and have seeds in the middle. Huh? Any of y'all ever had an apple? I love an apple. You know, I'm sloppy. I don't care. You know? And in the middle, there's seeds that I can plant to reproduce this luscious apple. Well, kids, you want to feel effective in life? Become fruitful. Become luscious. Become tasty. Become juicy. Go ahead and smile. It's okay. I know it's hot, but I'm, out. I'm more hot than you. I promise you. Okay? Understand this. I want you to, are you listening to me? In Genesis 2-7, it says not only were you made to rule and subdue and be fruitful and multiply, it says you were made to be decisive. What I find in most people's lives is they don't feel like they have the authority and right to be decisive. You made a, a living soul. You were made a living psyche. You have the ability by the grace and power of God to decide who you're going to be. Somebody's going to smile and I'll move on. That's powerful. There's too many people to just, oh, I'm just stuck. No, you're not. That's something you're deciding. That's not true. That's not true. Amen? That's not true. You were made to be able to know the will of God, and that's always good, the voice of God. And you were given the ability to say yes to it and no to the garbage. I hear from people, oh, well, you know, Pastor, we're all sinners. So I might as well go ahead and sin. What? 
The wages of sin is death, Jack. Why in the world would you go down that line of thinking? Why would you listen to that voice? You know what I'm saying? But you have the ability by the power of God through the cross and resurrection of Jesus Christ by the person of God's Holy Spirit to say yes to God and no to the garbage. Amen? Sitting in the front row said something nasty about the length of her dress and she never played piano again. I didn't say it, but I felt like saying, did you punch that dude in the head? Pastor, you're supposed to be nice. No, you're not. Show me in the Bible where it says to be nice. It says to be kind. But kind ain't always nice. You say that to my grandbaby girl, and me and you are going to get down and get funky. You know what I'm saying? No, I'm serious. That ain't happening to my grandbaby girl by some fool in the church that just thinks they can just raise their voice and say anything they want. Pastor, you don't love. That is love. And let me help you with something. I love my little grandbaby girl more than I love a fool. Amen? And I got a right to that. That stuff ain't happening around me. He said, well, uh, that's not Christian. That is Christian. Read the Gospels. Jesus didn't allow that foolishness. But you have the ability to love. You have the ability to love with a oneness. You have ability to come together and love people. You're always going to love your spouse and your children more than you love other people. But the bottom line is you still have the ability to love and to get into their lives and to love them where they are and to love. Amen? You were created in the image of God. You have the ability to do all of this. Then came Genesis 3. And I know Genesis 3 is here. Genesis 3 is when the snake came in and Eve started to have a conversation with him. He got them to look at the fruit. They ate the fruit. Then they're hiding in the bushes from God. Funniest verse in the Bible to me. You know, hiding in the bushes from God. Like he didn't know. You know? And they're like, oh, I was afraid, so I hid. And then whose fault was it? It was this woman you gave me. She said, oh, it was the serpent. The devil made me do it. All right? Everybody else was to blame. And then I do know and I understand that Romans 5 goes on and says, because of that, that sin is what you and I are born in. We were created in the image of God, but we are born in the image of God of our sinful parents, in the sin of our sinful parents. So what do we do with that? Let me tell you what Jesus did with that. He came and he showed us exactly how to live, how to think, how to love, how to do the will of the Father, how to be happy, how to have joy in the midst of the crazy, how to die for every person around them. And Christians, are you listening? That's what we're supposed to be doing. Amen? If it's all about you, you've missed it. 
But the bottom line is, he did all of that. Then on the third day, he rose again. And he did all of that so that his grace, where sin is abounding in my life, where sin is overwhelming in my life, where sin seems to be winning in my life, now the grace and the love and the healing and the power of God raises up and gets me out and over that mess. The question is, are you willing to go there? Or are you just like being stuck? You just like making excuses. You just like acquiescing to all the garbage of this world. Here's the thing we need to start doing, okay? And I want you to start doing it. I want you to start dreaming again. I want you to start dreaming about the person you want to be, the husband or wife you want to be, the mother or father you want to be, the friend you want to be, the neighbor you want to be, the workmate you want to be, the person you want to be. Start dreaming, man. One of the things I see dying in the church today is dreams, vision. Anybody know what God's word says about vision? Without it, everything, it's just gonna die. People just fall apart without vision. But we're afraid to have a vision because once you have a vision, you kind of feel like you got to do it. So if we don't build a vision or a dream, then we don't feel like we got to do anything. Hallelujah. How's that working out? But God wants us to dream. God wants us to dream not only about the person we want to be. God wants us to dream about the things that we know God would have us to do. You know? And let me help you with something. God wants you to do ridiculous things. God wants you to do things you think you can't do. God wants you to go to places you don't think you can go. God wants you to accomplish things you don't think you can accomplish. Let me help you with something. If you have something and you say it's God's will and you can do it, it ain't. It ain't. But if you know down deep in your heart, there is no way I can be that person. There is no way I can do that. But there's just something in me knowing, saying, go. Go. That's God. He built into you, in his creation, an eternal DNA. And that DNA has vision. That DNA dreams. That DNA says, I want to do this. I want to be this. In a year, I want to be here. That's exciting. And that's God. That's God. Now, let me warn you right now. There's a big old bunch of voices in your head that are going to tell you you're an idiot. No, I'm serious. You can't be that. You can't be that person. You've tried before and you failed. You've tried before and you fell flat on your face. Why in the world would you do that again? Because you know what? That's what we're supposed to do. We're never supposed to die. That, that kind of death. We're supposed to absolutely say, you know what? God wants me to be this person for my family. God wants me to do this. And you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to cultivate that life. 
I'm going to cultivate that marriage. I'm going to cultivate that home. I'm going to cultivate that world. I'm going to cultivate that workplace. I'm going to cultivate those relationships. The bottom, I'm not going to sit around anymore making excuses. I'm not going to sit around and acquiesce to the foolishness. I am going to be that person. <laughs> Let me tell you the reason, though. And Jen, could you call Joe and tell him to come? Let me tell you the struggle, though. The word cultivate in Genesis 2.15, and here's the real problem. We go to church, and we want God to do everything for us. We just want to pray that we'll become that person. And that's a good start. Well, we're, we're just going to pray that God will open all these doors. We're going to pray. Okay. Then what are you going to do? Then what are you going to do? I want you to understand something. Are you all listening to me? Don't look at them. I'm prettier than them anyway. All right? You've got to decide. I'm going to be that person. I'm going to do what I know I need to do. Enough of the excuses. I'm going to become that. And I'm going to be, start becoming that this I want you to start reading these verses. I want you to start memorizing these verses. I want you to start dreaming. I want you to start saying, man, I want to become that man that my little boy or my grandson will want to become. I'm going to become that lady that when other ladies look at me, they know there's something extraordinary about her. And I want to become that person And there's always going to be excuses. And there's always going to be reasons you can't. But you see, God created you perfectly. And he gifted you perfectly. And he placed you perfectly to cultivate that world that you're living in into the world He created. The question is not, do you have the ability and the power by the cross and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the person of his Holy Spirit? The question is, will you? Will you? Or will you just kind of sit there and go nowhere? The choice is yours. As we go to the communion this morning, this is a very important time and a very important concept in this cultivate concept. Because too much of the church is spiritual and really has nothing to do with real life. We're talking real life here. Jesus came to real life. Are you with me? Real life. And he shed his blood to cleanse us and to raise us in real life. The question is, will you actually let him do that?